We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. are uh, excited to be joined by Michael Hitchcock today. He's a writer at Rotoviz uh, covering DFS. How's it going? Good. Thanks for having me on, guys. Thank Thank you for joining us. We've been looking forward to it. Yeah, I have Uh, too. I watch this every week. (laughs) Nice. Uh, Nice, nice. I'm all disorganized. That's all right. We can, uh, I'll kick it off here with Rashad Bateman. Uh, So he actually came on. Uh, caught seven of his eight targets for 103 yards in the Ravens' his week 14 loss to the Browns. Michael, uh, got, this is actually a two-parter question. One, why did the Ravens pretend like Rashad Bateman didn't exist? And two, is this like a byproduct of them having, you know, had lost Lamar and like having to just need these big plays? Yeah, I mean, that was so weird last week. Like, he just literally, like, wasn't in the game plan, right? And then this week, he's, like, eight targets with you know, the backup Huntley or whatever his name is. Mm-hmm. I mean, he I mean, wasn't in the game plan until later too, right? Right. I mean, he was like getting all the, I mean, it was kind of garbage time, but I mean, there was still a competitive game at that point. I mean, he was catching like almost every ball down the stretch. Yeah. Do you think, do you think that Rashad Bateman will get an increased workload going forward? Um, And then I wanted to get your take here on Lamar. Have you heard anything about him? And like, if so, or if not, like, you know, let's just say Huntley has to start. Like, did you see anything out of Huntley that you really liked uh, to to see here? Yeah. I mean, I think the Ravens are a pretty smart team. I think uh, it's nice that they don't have like a pocket passer as a backup QB. They have a guy that is pretty mobile. So their offense really doesn't change a ton. So if he's around, if he's able to, you know, be mobile and make plays, I mean, obviously he's not as good as Lamar, but I don't think it's going to affect a guy like Bateman who's like lower A dot too much or Mark Andrews either. But I mean, he did miss Hollywood on a couple like wide open deep balls on the, on the right side down the stretch. So Hollywood might be affected more so than the other two guys. Yeah. I mean, there's no question that Lamar adds an element to this offense that, Huntley can't really replicate. So, I mean, I don't know if had, you know if they would have beat the Browns if if uh, he was healthy. But um, I think you definitely would expect the offense to be less explosive overall, despite kind of what we saw from Bateman and from Mark Andrews. 
Um, the only thing I've read is that they, the team is, I guess, hopeful that it's just a low ankle sprain and that he'll be okay to go next week. But it sounds like that's not, you know, they, they're not sure of that. So he might miss time. So, um, yeah, I mean, I guess if it comes out uh, that Huntley is going to play next week, you know, it's hard to say without pricing for DFS, but I mean, how are you approaching the Ravens from a DFS perspective in that case? So this week I was pretty much all out on the Ravens just because, I mean, Mm. Lamar's price, I mean, he's 7,400. He's basically the same as Brady, the same as Josh Allen. Like he just hasn't shown it enough in recent weeks for like me to be in on him. And like when he was running hot earlier in the year, it was nice because you could finally double stack him with Andrews and Hollywood. Whereas before he was doing like so much running, you didn't never really wanted to double stack him, but he was finally like throwing really well. So it was like, let's, you know, double stack him up. But now over these last like few weeks, I'm just like kind of out on him. Yeah. And I can see why. Um, and as a result, have you just been not in on playing guys like Mandrews or even Bateman uh, at cost? Uh, I mean, I was playing Marquise at cost until, you know, until this game, I guess. Uh, I played. I didn't play Bateman. I was almost thinking to myself, ah, oh, sneaky little GPP flyer. But then it's just like kind of a mm-hmm. donkey play because he wasn't running that many routes. So you know, I was I was curious about your take there. Um, are you are you going to be like? I guess Andrews' price got up there, but were you not paying up for him at all? Out of curiosity. No, I wasn't. Um, I was in on Hooper this week. I just really liked Hooper this week with um, all the other tight ends for the Browns out. I mean, that's basically a tight end ran offense and through the passing game. I mean, their receivers aren't anything to get excited about, but when you get one tight end, that's going to get most of the targets for them. It's pretty exciting. And he did pretty well today. I think he was like the tight end three today. Yeah, he was. But that one receiver that they did have that popped off was Donovan Peoples-Jones. You know, he caught the five of seven for 90 yards and the Browns is big 14 win against the Ravens. Um, so, you know, again, this is a bit of a two-parter question here, if only because Donovan Peoples-Jones seemed to be a pretty trendy way to play this game if you were kind of like looking for a bit of a game stack and a, and like a leverage spot off of uh, off of Hooper. I, could say. I think he was the same price, exactly the same price. Um, so I wanted to get your take there on Baker. Like for one, for starters, with Baker, you've got this guy who is essentially uh, fully hurt. I mean, you know, he and he even had to come out of the game. How often do you think it is that he's really going to be this kind of serviceable-ish play? And then, you know, second, like, is, is is People Jones the kind of guy, or like, just sort of, you really want to take shots on these like really low price, high volatile receivers in in uh, large field GPPs if you're if you're taking Baker as part of your core, I guess. So Baker, I think, is a little thin um, just because of how hurt he is right now. So he's probably not a guy I'm ever really looking at, especially on this slate with Taysom and Cam both looking at, Mm. you know, in the cheaper section, you know. So I don't think I'd ever really look at Baker, but I think DPJ is, you know, fine because, you know, with all the other tight ends out, he was definitely going to see a boost in targets, and he did. And he was in the Millie Maker winning lineup earlier this year. So, I mean, he's he's shown the ceiling to win a big GPP. Yeah. Um, sorry, Blair, you were going to say? No, I wasn't. <laughs> no, you weren't? I don't have, a, I don't have thoughts on, on DPJ, really, I guess. Um, well, Dynasty, I mean, val- I'm curious. Dynasty I'm value, curious. right? 
Like, For sure. I am curious about where what we think about DPJ from a dynasty perspective because he's someone he kind of uh, you know hasn't really done anything apart from a few games here and there but on the other hand he's uh he was a I want to say he was a pretty uh highly touted recruit coming into college he was an early declare um there's a lot of intriguing aspects about his profile so I don't know He's kind of a, I agree. Kind of, kind of a mystery to me. And I mean, that's going to be a team that's not going to have many pass catchers coming into this off season, right? Like Odell's mm-hmm. not there anymore. Landry might be on his way out. They may, you know, draft a guy, but I mean, he's probably going to be pretty high in the pecking order um, from a depth chart perspective in the off season, I would imagine, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I agree with you. I think that I think they're going to need to actually like uh, address receiver this draft for sure. But oh, absolutely. Um, one of the interesting things is so like Rashard Higgins is not really a thing anymore. Um, <laughs> so, 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 you know, so that, so that actually happened. Um, the other thing is uh, Anthony Schwartz has really missed the most of the season with this concussion that he suffered. Like I can't even remember like a, a long time ago. Um, so if he, so if Anthony Schwartz is available on waivers and like how Michael was saying, this is a thin depth chart. You, you do want to roster these guys in dynasty. If you have, um, I hope, I hope Schwartz is okay. Frankly, like it's kind of been, it's a little, it's a little frightening that he has just not returned. Um, and it's been, I think, I, oh God, it's been, it's been a while. I, I don't want to give the exact date, but like he just isn't, hasn't come back. Maybe he won't come back. I don't know. Um, uh, Last um, game was week ten. Yeah, we're in week fourteen. Rice has been a month, yeah. so that's the problem. Um, I will. I will say there uh the I think part of what really helped this this opening and target share for DPJ was the fact that Hunt who seemed to be on his way to a big game unfortunately got hurt. Uh right like he had two catches, 13 yards and then just had tweaked his ankle and then he was gone. Um and and that and that was just sad. Uh so I wanted to get your thoughts there Michael like like with if if Hunt is out of the pecking order and you are looking to stack up the Browns well I guess you probably should be looking to stack up the Browns. But you know, with Hunt out, like, it, does this make Chubb more of a more of a cash game by play, or are you still out on on, the, on him? I think it's slate dependent. Honestly, I mean, we've just been running so hot with these like cheaper, you know, like six five k running backs that we've been getting um, for a guy like Chubb. Regardless whether Hunt is in or out, or he just like doesn't catch passes, so it's like it's really hard to play him on DraftKings. I feel like I play Chubb a little more on FanDuel, where it's half PPR. So, like, Chubb is just always, like, a tough DraftKings play, I feel like, unless it's, like, a JPP. I usually stay away from him and small field stuff. And I don't play cash, but if I did play cash, I wouldn't be playing him in cash. Yeah. <laughs> does, it open, uh, does it open the door for any more Dearness Johnson? Or, I mean, he didn't really have much value unless uh, both Hunt and Chubb were out, it seems. No, it's uh, yeah, it's just been Chubb has just been getting fed with Hunt out pretty much. Yeah, just the offense just isn't as good with you know Baker. I mean, he's hurt man. like he's really banged up. Like this yeah. offense has been a pretty brutal watch, honestly, for like the majority <laughs> of the season. I mean, I feel like it was good when Hunt was healthy before he got hurt. Like Hunt was just like shredding, Chubb was shredding, but like ever since then, I feel like Baker's gotten hurt and more hurt since then, and it's just been like brutal to watch. Yeah, I am. I'm, I'm impressed with Baker. Uh, really, just sort of 
taking that pain management issue thing to like the next degree and just sort of rolling out there every week. Like I know for a fact I couldn't, but I know, right? I, like, I, def- oh I, I mean, you, you would think that the team would do something to protect him from himself, but at this point they're clearly not. And he's looking for a contract. They're going to have to pay him anyway. Right. But my God, man, like that's just, it, it's ridiculous. Just, just the fact that he's going out there. Like we know he's, he's got like what knee and shoulder, a back, elbow like i like i like i did like he gets treated like he, and he practices in full i don't know man like the poor guy like he, he's gonna have like his career is gonna be shortened because of this but that is it is it is what it is um one other guy who looked like he might have been playing hurt for <laughs> when he came back of course was russell wilson who had that finger injury and has not looked good for most of the season maybe until today i mean today he wasn't great either but um you know, they put up 33 points. Lockett had a big game. Penny had a big game. DK Metcalf had an uh, okay game. Four of eight targets for 43 yards. Um, is it possible for Lockett and Metcalf to still have good games at the same time? I mean, this offense, even when they put up 33 points, they're not exactly <laughs> explosive. Yeah. What are, what are our expectations for Metcalf? I mean, he's fascinating to think about, right? Because, like, coming into this season, like, you look at, like, a guy like A.J. Brown and D.K. Metcalf, like, dynasty-wise, you could not acquire them. Like, you just – you could not get someone to trade you them. And now this (laughs) offseason, it's going to be the complete opposite. Like, people are going to be, like, trying to – or there at least will be open to trading a guy like D.K. Metcalf, especially with all the Russ rumors swirling, right? So like if you like you would obviously trade two first to get DK Metcalf, right? Still, uh, yeah, I think so. Right? Like, I mean, you might even be able That's to get close. him for one first if it's a high enough first, right? Right. That's close. <laughs> I feel like if I had Metcalf at this point, I might trade him for two firsts. Right. If you yeah, the team. get it. I mean, yeah. who's the next quarterback there? I mean, we just don't know. We don't know if it's right. Ross. And, like, I mean, Pete Carroll, I mean, he's just got to go, man. The game has passed him by. <laughs> like, he's got to go, man. man I've, I've been saying this for three years now. Like, every time, so ever, since, ever since Rodovis put me behind this mic, I think the first words were, <laughs> get out of here, Pete Carroll. Oh my God. He's terrible. I mean, look, he's, he is finally beating the running back he drafted in the first round. So yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. Twenty eighteen is, is Penny like a a permanent fixture of this offense now? Goodbye, Chris Carson. Ask Curtis Patrick; he'll tell you. <laughs> That's uh, his boy. Yeah, Penn, yeah. uh, <laughs> you gotta. So, so I don't think Penny's gonna get an extension. Like, mm-hmm. there's just no reason to extend him at this call. I get this unless they're able to come to some kind of agreement, right? But it's the same. Uh, so. Uh, yeah, that is, yeah, no, that's true. I mean, I mean, I mean, part of the, like, like it's exciting to see Penny look healthy and this good, but like, it's also the Texans, you know what I mean? Like, uh, it's kind oh, of expected, it's yeah. expected that you're kind of going to go out there and, and kind of do well, at least against, against this team. Chris Carson, I feel bad for man. Like the poor guy has been like through just like the ringer with injuries, didn't get the respect at the time that he deserved it. Right. Like they, like they went out and just drafted Penny. And ever since the draft of Penny, he's been like ridiculously good. Um, and you know, it's, it's nice to see Penny come, you know, come come through and play a little bit with this, you know, despite despite having just major hamstring issues. Did you play Penny at all today, by the way, Michael? No, no Penny. 
Yeah, I, that was um, my mistake too. I play mostly small field stuff, but in the large field stuff I did play, I went all in on uh, Bengals, Niners, but without Kittle, of course. I still, you know, doubled my money, but I mean, <laughs> I didn't know um, no life-changing money for me this week, unfortunately. It was the right idea. I just didn't have Kittle in there. Yeah, the the I mean I, I think for me I kind of regret not playing Benny even in smaller field stuff. Like we did know that he was he's just got a lot of usage. He was gonna right. probably be the guy opened up opened up like the ability to stack either of the, the sexy later games. Right. Um, the way however you would have wanted to, 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 to stack him up. Um and running back was just gross this week. Like so I mean running back gross field. every week. <laughs> right um yeah so he actually in hindsight probably would have been somebody we should have considered more even in smaller fields just because like even the chalk this week like gibson was chalk this week and i don't think he was bad chalk and i don't think jacobs was bad chalk either but like th- these are just guys that we've seen like fail so many times and like even good spots so like i just i didn't play them in any of my small field stuff um i just you know played other guys to leverage off of them yeah, I think I think I think we we started the day off at like that big Jacobs fumble. I the first the first tweet I saw when I opened my my, my Twitter was Davis Maddock, friend of the show, saying, "Oh my God, Josh Jacobs like failing in a in a as chalk. Like, I've never seen this happen before." <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, I mean um, we've seen him and Gibson like his floor this year has been like zero. So. Yeah, uh, and that was I mean that was always kind of the well, not necessarily the fear I guess for today, but. I mean, people are like, I, I don't think that shin fracture has just sort of fixed itself. Like he's been playing on it. Yeah, he's, he's just up. not. On, he's, he's, just, he's not on the injury report. Yeah. Um. Like, it's it's not great. Um. I I, I will say the guy from that Raiders Chiefs game was like Hunter Renfro, who just seems to be far too cheap for what is like. Upside is, uh, yeah. I mean, this is this is all gar- this is all garbage time bullshit, right? Like the fourteen targets, thirteen <laughs> catches, one hundred seventeen yards, and a score. Like everyone who was a Renfro slappy got there today, which is really unfortunate. <laughs> um, because because they, because they shouldn't have, right? Like 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 like. Uh, like I mean, I mean, I mean, Casey basically ran the, the Raiders out of the out, out of the stadium. And I don't know if either of you guys saw this, but apparently, like the the Raiders' team went and stood on the on the on the Chiefs' logo at Arrowhead before they went into their locker room. Oh, you guys didn't see that? No, I did. Oh yeah, I'm just shaking like, my head because it's just such like, a Raiders move. Like, yeah, I mean, what are you guys doing? Like, <laughs> like, like, like I would, I would much rather fight a grizzly bear than do that. Like, with all the stuff they've had go on this year, their coach is fired. You know, like the rug situation. Like, like your team is terrible. Like, and you're like standing on someone's logo. Like, what are you doing? Like, like why? And why are you gonna like of all the quarterbacks in the world to try and tempt taunt? It's like Patrick Mahomes. Like, he didn't have to do a lot today, but he could have thrown for 700 and we would have not blinked. Right. And the Raiders are so bad, they made CEH look like a real running back again. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. like, that just shows how bad they are. I mean, I mean, uh, 10-37, two scores, right? Like, right. Like, that's kind of ridiculous. He also, he also had three three targets, uh, three for five and zero. Uh, I mean, I mean, the Raiders, the Raiders got lit up here on 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 by running backs, right? Darrell Williams and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire really did a lot of the damage, and Derek Gore did, and Derek Gore did. Um, what is a good 
what is a good bounce back spot in your opinion for the Chiefs is passing offense going forward? Do you think it's gonna be next week against the Chargers? Although that's like a I thought it was this week. I mean, I was ready yeah. for it this week. Um, so you were kind of right, right? Because of the last time these two teams played, it was 41 14 and like Mahomes threw for 400 yards and five TDs. Yeah. Right. And the, just the fact that like the Raiders looked so helpless, giving up multiple pick sixes that the offense didn't have to do much. Like, like I, like I'm quite sure the offense would have liked to have carved them up again, but like, they didn't have to. Right. Mm. Like, yeah, I mean, they get the Chargers, the Steelers, and then they play the Bengals. So, I mean, that's those are three pretty nice spots right there. I mean, yeah. the, the first play of the game, man, is like this fumble touchdown. Changed the whole game. Yeah, it it, it really stinks, though, because uh, from a personal betting standpoint, we were on um, – Mahomes over 272 passing yards and it has not he has not had a line that low in like year like a long long time like in, what did he have today like 250 yeah 258 and like just those picks like like those all the defensive scores were what prevented prevented you know him from easily passing by like when he was throwing the ball he was carving them up like a turkey like <laughs> like, like I mean I mean I mean yeah. I mean just look at this right Nicole Hardman was relevant again today he only he caught like two of his two passes for 59 yards. Josh Gordon scored a touchdown today, right? Like, this is what we're talking <laughs> about. Like, this is where we're at. Is this team just going to, like, stop breaking draft picks or what? <laughs> like, yeah, I yeah. mean, come I on, man. Like, pick somebody that's, like, a good football player. <laughs> and, like, they'll be awesome. Like, Kelsey's not going to last forever. I mean, they're no. definitely going to need somebody. And Hill is one of those guys that just, like, he's speed. Oh, my goodness. Like, I'm, 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 I, I apologize for like cutting in here because Justin Fields is doing Justin Fields things, man. Bad. No, really well. Nice. He's carving up the Packers' defense like crazy. Nice. Oh, I started Derek. Me and my buddy were have Derek Carr and Justin Fields in a um, dynasty FFPC Rotoviz, and we couldn't decide nice. between Fields or Carr, and we started Carr. So <laughs> not looking good. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, Carr still got there, which is nice. But I mean, I mean, I, I think that that's like the thing is like the the Chiefs are kind of like as you mentioned, they're ready to have hopefully shootouts on the stretch. Like we've got three really tantalizing games here. Yeah. The Chargers um, one should be good. I mean, Herbert's been like awesome. Yeah, Monday, uh, next Sunday night, yeah. right? Yeah, you know, I was drafting a lot of Bengals and Chiefs stacks on a lot of my best ball teams, hoping for this week seventeen Bonanza. explosion from both of them. Yeah. So, yeah, hopefully, it doesn't uh, take that long for them to get good, though. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, I did want to talk about this next guy because Michael, you wrote him up in on on Rotoviz this week as a stackable target. That was Alvin Kamara, who rushed 27 times for 120 yards and a score. Um, I've, he also had a, a handful of catches, I believe. He had let's see, um, five targets, targets, I think. Five targets, caught four for 25 yards. So I, I wanted to get your thoughts here. And what was his ownership uh, in um, small fields? Out of curiosity, because I play a lot of large field stuff, so I, I didn't know. Like 25 percent. Yeah, so it, yes, it mirrors the small field. Like, yeah, but large field. So, why did how did people miss this? Out of curiosity, I think Eckler was a lot more popular with all the with Keenan Allen out. I think um, Eckler just like four hundred more. Like he was just a lot more popular, and people were playing Jacobs and Gibson in order to get up to Tyreek and Diggs and you know the more expensive quarterbacks. I think. Um, yeah, I mean, I thought this was, I mean, against the Jets, like, I know the Saints mm-hmm. haven't been good this year, but I mean, come on. Like, and it was just him. It was just Camara, like, no Ingram. Right, no, yep. Well, yep. I, I, okay, so I, I'm not going to lie. When I saw Tony Jones with the first carry, I was like, oh, God, no. <laughs> he got a goal line carry, too. I was tilting so hard. I was yeah. like, why is this guy in getting a goal line carry right now? My heart sank. Yeah, I was like, oh. <laughs> Part of the problem wow. is, I mean, it's like a small sample, but Taysom Hill with Kamara has, I think, historically not been. Yeah, not but been those games were so weird Kamara. last year. Yeah. Um, Thomas was there, so that's obviously a huge variable. One of them was the Kendall Hinton game where they played the Broncos. So, I mean, like, that was just like a weird, like, sample. And, yeah, I mean, he's not going to get as many targets as he would with Drew Brees, but, I mean, he's still going to carry the rock enough. Mm-hmm. And their and their line and their line is uh, their line is uh, healthy again, right? Kendall Hinton, that's a deep cut, man. <laughs> um, so, well, yeah. I mean, so yeah, I'm take this in a different direction. But Kamara is pretty interesting to me from uh, like a dynasty perspective. Very interesting. Um, uh, I mean, does he even? Is he even like in the first round next year? That's kind of my question. Dynasty startup wise, yeah, yeah, or even uh, redraft, redraft next year. Yeah, I think it depends on who the quarterback is. If it's Russell Wilson, yes. Like if he, <laughs> the, I mean, the, but the Saints don't have the cap for Russ, right? That's the thing is that the Saints just don't have the cap. Like they're in, like they're in. Oh, they're in the worst out. situation in the league. But I mean, I just. I'm constantly amazed at what some of these teams are able to pull off. My brain can't really comprehend it. So I wouldn't be surprised if Russ was on the Saints next year, I guess. Um, I guess, uh, like, you never want to 
roster these backs who are coming off a season where they were injured for a large chunk. Um, obviously, the quarterback situation is a question mark. But I mean, today we, you know, we kind of saw a little bit of Kamara's upside. So, absolutely, it almost gives you some hope. Um, I guess where, how far would he have to fall in a dynasty startup or even in redraft? For him to be, you to consider him a value. Dynasty is hard to answer because, like, yeah. if I'm doing a dynasty startup, like, I'm just like, no matter how far they fall, like, I mean, just like guys like this are just like such bad investments. Like, they're just like losing value. Like the second you draft them, like Kamara is not yeah. gaining. Kamara is not gaining value. He's only losing it from here on out. Yeah, I think that's right. Like he's All not right, gaining. So redraft, redraft next year. If he's in like the middle of the second round, is that? All day. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, he's going to be a bell cow and he's still young enough. I would say second round. I don't think first round, though. Because, I mean, I think next year's drafts are going to be really interesting with all the receiver talent that's being propped up and all the running back young talent, you know, the Jonathan Taylors, the Javante Williams, the DeAndre Swifts, the Najee Harris's. Like, that's going to be like half of the first round almost right there. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I mean, the, the 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 thing with running back ADP is it's always going to be this consistent shuffle, right? Like these guys are just going to sort of go up and go down and go up and go down. Like there's no, like there's never going to be any, like there's not going to be a cratering like there was in 2016, even though there should be, akin mm-hmm. to what it was in 2016 for like receiver, like running back ADP and receiver ADP. There's just going to be a shuffle. Like the young guys are going to go up, some of the older guys are going to slide backwards, and that's where um, I don't know if you watch ship chasing, but ship chasing we had a pretty interesting conversation about CMC downside risk, upside mm-hmm. uh, upside risk, um, and I think a lot of the same discussion points still apply to Alvin Kamara, the, the guy who I actually was trying to discuss. I we actually forgot that he existed on the show because he makes for a better <laughs> uh, a better proxy than than someone like a CMC, right? Because CMC is probably going to maintain that one hundred one, one hundred two, one hundred three. Mm-hmm. And Camara should right because like I think we we had this theory back on ship chasing in early August where Camara was going to be this year's CMC like everything was set up for AK 47s 2021 season to mirror that of CMC's 2019 season and mm-hmm. CMC's 2019 season was where the team was very intentional to get him to 1K 1K because their quarterback was some guy called Kyle Allen they lost their receivers for mm-hmm. long stretches. Um, they had nothing to play for, right? So they just basically got him to 1K, 1K. Like, I remember, like, them just dumping the ball off to him during the last five weeks of the season just to get him to the 1K receiving, right? And right. all those, all all of that was in place this year for Camara. No Michael Thomas. Mark Ingram wasn't on the team. You're, I mean, like, who are you competing with for targets? Marquez Calloway, Traquan, like, the corpse of Traquan Smith, like, right. um, like Adam Chuckman, like who, who are like half of these guys, right? It's like everything was there for Kamara to put up this 1K, 1K, right? And um, he didn't do that, right? And, uh, and so if he's going to be middle of the second player, man, I think we just got to be in on him, right? Yeah. Definitely. yeah. Like, like, like where is he different than, than someone like Eckler, right? Like, because like, this year Eckler was a middle of the second pick and next year he's sure. going to be the middle of the first pick. And, oh, so, like, and so you're just going to have that like flip-flop bow. Yeah, no, I mean, I think that uh, at that value, maybe even a little bit earlier, you can definitely see scenarios where he smashes that. Um, On the other hand, you know, he's going to be coming into the season at age 27, coming off um, downside risk season with injuries. Um, 
you want to avoid the Ezekiel Elliott situations. Yes. I mean, yeah. That's not, that's not even that bad. There are way worse situations than that. No. Like, uh, Saquon definitely. Barkley. Yeah. And <laughs> look at, look at the guys like Barkley, like Zeke, like CMC that are a little older now. And those guys are going to still be top two to 2.5 round guys. Like you're going to see so many running backs and next year and redraft go in those first like two rounds. Like I know we do every year, but I mean, you're going to have the younger guys propping up and the older guys not falling down as much as you might think they will. So it's, yeah. Yeah. Matt, I have a few. And what I'm thinking is that those, those older guys (laughs) weren't falling down as much as I think they will are Way, those are the kind. Uh, those are the landmines. Yeah, yeah. So this I, year, I want to avoid Camara if he's going to be a landmine, even in the mid second. That's yeah. and that's that's where it gets hard, right? Because like last, I mean, like I've, I've got like a bunch of JT Sequan teams. Mm-hmm. They're dead, and it's not JT's fault, right? Like 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 mm-hmm. there's there's, <laughs> there's going to be a lot of JT teams that will miss high leverage weeks because of who you paired them with, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Like the the path there was you needed Eckler. You didn't need Saquon who was going late. You didn't need like whoever else that you could have gotten there. You didn't need a pair of Derrick Henry if you got him like there. Because that wasn't getting you there, right? Um I don't know. And this year, I think the interesting thing, frankly, and I'm gonna quickly pull up the ADP here, uh, is uh Everyone does like the washed, you know, veteran thing, but like realistically, it, it comes out in the receiver ADP, right? Because mm. everyone made the same mistake this year with receivers, right? Like, um, and, and 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 here's the thing, let me let me back that. I'm not going to say it was a mistake because it wasn't because a lot of these guys were fairly priced. But Nuke, for example, where he was going, there was always going to be that age risk factor for him. But also the fact that last year a lot of the volume was driven his way because Christian Kirk was hurt. Right. And like, and like he was competing, he was fully healthy and competing against uh, the corpse of life. It's Gerald and, 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 you know, uh, Kenyon Drake and all these, like, you know, like not a lot of, like, there wasn't a lot of target volume for him had like Kirk stayed healthy. Cause this year I was really in on Kirk at ADP and Kirk is just doing this year what we thought he was going to do last year. Right. Like I've got a lot of Christian Kirk, like a lot. Um, uh, Marquise Brown was the same way for me. So I think, so I'm just going to quickly look at the ADP. So Gavin Ridley was going as wide receiver four, which is fine. Nuke went a wide receiver five, um, which is where that downside risk kind of comes in. The guy whose ADP I didn't understand at all was wide receiver 10, Allen Robinson. It still doesn't make sense to me. Uh, or, you know, so if anyone can, can explain it to me, like I'm a, a child, I would really appreciate that. Um, people were just excited about fields, man. That's all it was. Well, not too bad. Who else is um, going to catch passes in that terrible offense? Well, the answer right. was act the correct the correct answer there was uh, absolutely no one. Um, <laughs> Adam Thielen was wide receiver twenty one. Adam Jones, Julio Jones was wide receiver twenty two. These guys going ahead of people like Higgins, Ayuk, uh, Chase Claypool, Jamar Chase. I mean, I mean, people kind of cast Debo Samuel way aside because he had like injury concerns and stuff, right? Sean was so all over Debo. He, yeah. As you should be. Well, Odell Beckham Jr. was going earlier than, than than Debo, right? Like, like, like where, like, so like people have a lot of this inertia when it comes down to big names, and I, I don't think it's like, like I think that the, like the the standard deviation at the top, even even for running backs, like you should, it shouldn't look the way it did for like for like uh, this off season where like your standard deviation at the one hundred and one was like not moving at all. 
Um, I mean, you would assume it'd be a little bit wider now. Now, if you're picking these guys where you just have to take them what your, what your draft slot gives you. But I got I got a lot of 8th and ninth, like 108, 109s. I was pretty intentional in like trying to diversify away um, because I didn't want more than 30% of one, one player. And I was trying to pretty intentional that I just taken who ADP had dealt me. I would have been sitting here with like 45% like Aaron Jones and I would have been mm-hmm. um, fine until I wasn't right. Like, right. Um, the name thing is that's big because I think yeah. you're going to see a lot of people next year. They're yeah. going to take JT one-on-one um, and then yeah. you're going to have like guys like Barkley and Zeke fall to like maybe the later second. And they're going to be like, I can get Saquon Barkley and Zeke Elliott and the second and third round have, yeah. Kirk, you know what I mean? Like, People yeah. just aren't going to be able to pass that up. <laughs> no, no, they aren't, and that's the thing. Because then that, that's how it becomes like a game of injury, injury luck. And man, it's. I mean, I mean, I, I see a lot of people complaining about it, but like, unfortunately, injury roulette is just just the nature of the game, man. Yeah, like, like you know, like it just it, it stinks, but it's, it's it's why people play. Um, it's, it's high volatility. Um, and then you always are going to find kind of like later round guys like who I think we were kind of blinded on was Leonard Fournette, but another guy who I tried to be intentional to pick him in, pick him around later was Melvin Gordon, who had a pretty big game today against the Broncos, right? I mean, against the, against the Lions where he went ham 24 times, 111 yards and two scores. Um, Javante also went ham. Uh, Michael, you know, is this like, was this like a spot where in large fields you you should have been cramming in both running backs? Because like RB versus Lions is just sort of such a gimme. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. in large fields, I mean, yeah. it, it actually was crazy. And I think the $12 fair catch, which has 24,000 people, um, that the winner and that had um, both, both uh, uh, Broncos running backs, which is like crazy to me interesting like i i i've ne- i don't think i've ever seen that <laughs> like that's just great <laughs> that's just crazy um, to me yeah i mean against the lions i think if the if the price works and you can kind of think of think of them as just one running back who's going to get you know 35 carries and right in targets or something then uh you kind of have to say, well, I'm just going to live with like not having another roster spot and treat these guys as one running back. Right. uh, One really expensive running back. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, they both sort of popped off. I I heard, I heard, uh, I mean, I was listening to to, to Peter Overzet's uh, friend of the shows, um, you know, last second cram GPP pivots, you know, strategy show this morning. And, you know, just as I was doing some homework and get, you know, just getting ready for like, closer lock and he, he mentioned that he liked Mel, Melgo as a as a pivot off of Javante which is nice um a really good call by Pete and I hope he did a you know I hope he made made, made some money had he gone through with it um but I mean I, I, as we know the, the, the slate was an interesting one uh, you had to run pretty pure in the first slate I don't know what you guys did but I kind of punted to the second the, this the second half of games um really I so what I did how I went about building my lineup so I went to Michael's article I read all of our. Well, I started by reading all of our DFS work, so you know, Connor O'Malley and everybody else. And then I went to Michael's article, and I was like, "All right, so he's curious stacks, and it's like, all right, so I'm just gonna. I have a handful of lineups, and I'm just gonna shove these guys in, and let's pray, let's pray." Um, so, <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about your your big call of the week, which is um, you know this uh, Bengals uh, Niners um, 
skinny stack you had, which was Jamar Chase. Uh, he, he popped off big, pretty big, which was nice. Five of eight targets for 77 yards and two scores uh, against the, the Niners. And you also said Kittle, 13 of 15 targets for 151 yards and, and a, a score. Um, I, you know, so out of curiosity, just talk to me a little bit here. Um, did you, how much of either player did you have in your, in your lineups? And, and two, um, does Zach Taylor really need to quit it with his running back obsession because they lost the game because he just couldn't like bring himself to keep throwing to chase. They had 22 carries today. Like Mixon and P Ryan had four, I think. Um, Like, what are you doing? Like they were down like most of the game. Like I understand that Mixon has been awesome. Like he's like part of the reason that chase has been kind of slow too these last like five weeks Mm -hmm. is because Mixon's been so good. Mixon's had what nine touchdowns. Um, eight rushing, one receiving in the last five weeks since that Ravens game where Chase had 200 yards. And, you know, Chase has just been kind of quiet since then. But, I mean, his A dot hasn't changed. His volume hasn't really changed. Like, he's one of the most efficient receivers in the league. Coming into this week, he was 23rd in targets and sixth in receiving yards and fifth in total touchdowns. Like, the guy's just an absolute monster. And this was a great spot to get back on him. Yeah, we were. Uh, I, I was on chase. I just don't know what took him so long to actually start throwing the ball to him. They were going trying to get to run the offense to Boyd, and he almost had a third touchdown, too. Yep, don't remind me because oh boy, I could have really used it. Um, just 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 watching them bring in Samaji P. Ryan for like targets, like, I mean, four five targets, four of 22 for zero. Like, what do you guys do? Like, how does he get so many targets? Why does he get so many targets? I have no idea. I wish how are I they finding yeah. why how are they finding the volume here? Higgins again though, 100 yards yeah. three three weeks in a row. Double digit targets again I think or no. What did he have like eight? No, he only had seven targets. Only seven? Um only seven. Yeah, Five catches and seven targets. Yeah, I they mean were that's just not the targeting thing, the receivers. The thing that's the most frustrating is that you have Chase and Higgins combined for only 15 targets. Yeah. Uh and meanwhile, P. Ryan and C.J. Uzoma combined for 11. Uh, Just what, like, what is that? P. Ryan had on? as many targets as Tyler Boyd. Yep. Yeah. And, I mean, Chase is just like a clear alpha. Like, I mean, yeah. he, he like, is going to – I mean, he's already got 10 touchdowns, and he's still got, you know – Can you forward. imagine what he would be doing with, like, 10 or 11 targets a game, like a Taylor Hopkins workload? Seriously. I can, I can. Hey, are you guys familiar with this other guy who gets that kind of workload? His name is Justin Jefferson. Holy <laughs> shit! Why are we not like? What is Zach Taylor has to go, man? Like, 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 like. I know, I know. I sound kind of hyperbolic, but this entire shift to the run is is big. Is really kind of so. Like, so Mixon has looked good. Yes, um, he's also been scoring a lot of touchdowns. Yes. But this slavish dedication to continue to run the football despite being down two scores and com- completely refuse to actually turn around and um, feed your receivers, at least two of them, the football is is, is ludicrous to me. Like you're bringing in Samaji Peter and I'm passing downs and you're trying to get this like fat guy to get like run out the field. Like what on earth did you get? Like why? And on the other on the other side, like 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 for as much as we like dogging on, on, on Shanahan for being a total donk, which she is. Kittle got 15 targets. Ayuk got 11 targets. Right? Yeah, Debo is a running back now. Like, what's the deal uh, there? Yeah. He definitely, he definitely had to be far more hurt than we thought because Jawan Jennings saw saw In a lot of target. Yeah, and he had eight carries, and I think that was it. Like, maybe he aggravated something. Um, he looked pretty spry on that TD run, though. He did. Yeah. He did. He he did good. But 
but yeah, like at least on the other side, like they like they just went to Kittle and Ayuk, and like the second you saw them going to those two guys, it was just like, oh, this is this is like a boy among men type thing. Yeah, <laughs> he's the playoff hammer, Kittle. I mean, you look at his schedule; yeah, he, gets, he gets the Falcons, the Titans, and the Texans these next three weeks in the playoffs. Yeah. Like, like I man. I, Saddle up. <laughs> I've, I've mentioned this before on the pod, but like I did not realize how much of my best ball ROI is tied up in that Kittle ownership. <laughs> I, I I did not realize like every time Kittle does well, like my like my like my currently winning jumps by a significant chunk, and I'm like, oh no, this is just where I needed. Well, it's a good well, stretch. It's, it's looking good now. <laughs> we'll have to see how that works out for 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 me, folks. Well, if. Uh, <laughs> if 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 if, if uh, at the end of the season and sometime next season I'm not going to be sitting on this couch, I had to pawn it because George Kittle flopped <laughs> down the stretch. Oh man! Um, I wanted to get your thoughts here on Ayuk because I thought he was a sneaky play at five point six. Did you did you get any Ayuk in that right? Because because like, like, I I I'm I, I, I'm a donkey. I'm not really a DFS guy. I played a lot of eight Ks. Debo Samuel. Me too. Um, That's so a, I just thought he was a great play. Like I mean I, did I didn't. Too. He practiced in full. Nobody was going to play him. And I felt like with Wilson kind of banged up that he might get more carries, but I also didn't think he would only get one target. So I played Debo instead of Kittle because Kittle came off the monster game last week. So I was like, oh, I'll play Debo instead with Ayuk. So, I mean, I cashed, but it wasn't anything to write home about. Yeah, I, I didn't have any Kittle-Ayuk teams. I had I had, I had, I had Burrow. Uh, Chase Kittle and then running it back with Debo like I made that kind of like space but just yeah like you said like you just didn't all get there yeah I did um, Jimmy G because um, I figured like in large oh. stuff a lot of people would go to Burrow so I was like oh I'll just like galaxy oh. brain it and go one one level missed the oh you missed the bonus by like five yards yeah so I went <laughs> Jimmy uh, Jimmy G um, Jimmy G Ayuk Debo Chase Higgins just went full, full on. That's nice. Up. Yeah, um, and I, 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 I assume you did what I did. Uh, I, I'm just going to assume it because um, I, I just decided like I'm going to be full fading uh, Buffalo, Tampa Bay, and if I die, I die. Um, I didn't die, but I didn't you know make any life changing <laughs> money. Um, did you do Same. something similar, or did you like play enough lineups to where you were able to? diversify so what i do is i play like three main teams in small field Mm. i'll do one like um one like 100 man field one like 40 man field and one like 400 man field and in the 50 man field i full-on stacked the the brady brady stack so that kind of saved my day a little bit from losing all my money seven though he he threw touchdown 700 today right Yep, and he broke the completion record too. Through number mm-hmm. seven hundred to Breshard Perriman. I know, <laughs> former back. first rounder. Former was, first rounder. He was a playoff hammer like two years ago, right? Yeah, people leagues. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and they and they and they overdrafted him like the eleventh this year for like for it like. Yep. Just, Always. This, this, this is what you get. Um, I did want to get your take here a little bit on 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 Brady because you know I mean just. He did. He did really well, right? He completed uh, thirty-one of forty-six passes, over th- you know three hundred sixty-three yards. He's and scored two, you know, and, and two scores. He also rushed seven times, which impressive for sixteen yards and, and a score, right? Like, did you play Brady? Like, were you on Brady as a quarterback option this week? 
Yeah, I played him on one of my three main teams. Um, I just, I really like he, especially with Josh Allen. I mean, I know Josh Allen dusted him. He scored, you know, he double bonus. They had 300 yards and 100 yards rushing. Like, you know, he just straight up smashed. But I didn't think a lot of people were going to play Allen or Brady because of how cheap Taysom Hill was. Yeah. So like in small fields, he ate up a lot of that ownership. And I just, just like Brady's stacking options are a lot more appealing because Diggs was way more expensive than Godwin and Gronk and Fournette. And like Brady's so awesome. Cause like they just keep their foot on the gas. You can stack him with Fournette and still get there. So you can just kind of try and capture all the bucks touchdowns and small fields. Like I went Brady Fournette. Evans because Evans was you know leverage off Godwin because Godwin yep. was so high owned and then I just ran it back with Diggs who you know he only got 14 but in small fields that didn't kill me yeah so it was enough to it was enough to cash we were talking um earlier about wide receiver ADP and how these kind of older receivers aging receivers tend to fall off pretty quickly and now I'm going to say something blasphemous but I'm ready for has, it. Only had, has only had over 24 points one time this season um he's getting uh some decent targets but he's not able to do anything with them how concerned are we about Diggs and uh uh his his outlook for next year i would say pretty concerned um i think a big part of his success last year that we didn't realize in the moment was how banged up John Brown was. And he was just getting like everything. And now Emmanuel Sanders is playing that role. Gabe Davis has kind of taken a step forward. Like he's still an alpha, but he's just not like crushing like he was last year. I mean, his last few weeks, he's been good. I think he's had four touchdowns in the last like two or three weeks. So he's like starting to score a little bit more, but I mean, he's just not having those like, crazy 35 40 point games like he was before i think i think some of that just comes by virtue of game script a little bit and like touched on yeah. luck which which is i mean it's always difficult to 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 expect in the moment because um just from a raw target perspective right it doesn't have to be efficiency digs is still like top 10 in the league right yeah, he's got like, like a 30 percent target share over these last yeah few. i mean you can't like that's the thing you can't not take him in the first round i think right because like the like <laughs> the the Manny Sanders looks to be completely phased out of this offense at this point. Correct. Right? Um, Gabe, that's where Gabe Davis is coming from, right? Uh, this Cole Beasley stuff is kind of tilting. Knox emerging was a big one too. Yeah, right? he's like, I, like I, all the touchdowns. Yeah. So they get that big bodied guy out there, right? Um, I, I will say that if the Bills do get a viable and a good running back, and it, it becomes a different story, right? Um, Brees Hall. Like I, uh, yo, there's a, there's a good name. There's a good name. <laughs> I like that. Um, you, you'd think, right? But but uh, but I will say that, like you know, the the Cole Beasley usage has always kind of been there. He seems to always be um a little bit disc. I mean, he's fairly discounted in 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 best ball and stuff. But I just don't know, man. Like I like I don't know if like Beasley should be getting this kind of usage ahead of guys like Knox and Gabe Davis at this point, right? Like you'd hope for. Busy to disappear. I mean, I don't know. I mean, like, like uh, with the with the injury luck, like I do think that, like, you know, a couple of injuries to other like auxiliary guys, like, might have like supercharged or turbocharged digs the season. And that goes back to the conversation we were having earlier about like being a little bit more 
flexible with where you're taking some of these guys, I guess. Is yeah. Diggs still your wide receiver too in redraft next year? Or are you um, having Chase and Jefferson leapfrog him? I might have that. Like I might have them leapfrog him. I mean, Jefferson's going to be interesting because he's going to really benefit with no Thielen this year, right? Um, Chase, oh, yeah. Chase, Chase is a little trickier because because you've still got Higgins. Um, I think Hill stays up there too, Tyreek. Um, uh, Devontae might, depending on if Rogers stays or if he goes, would have to be up there, right? Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, the thing with Diggs, like, uh, he's got 10.7 fantasy points over expectation on the season, which is his worst season since 2018. Still, still above expectation. So it's not like he's, uh, he's underperforming or anything, right? He's still Stefan Diggs, but, um, yeah, I, I don't, I think we probably need a little more research to look into this and say whether it's actually a thing or not. But when you see a guy drop off from an efficiency, kind of standard that he's set the last two years, which has been a lot higher than, uh, yeah, I, I think that's reason to be worried that you might be seeing the beginning of a decline and usually declines are not, usually they're pretty steep. So, um, so it's definitely a concern. I think, I think I probably still, I mean, I don't know. It's Stefan Diggs. It's so hard to, He's like about the, not taking. He's like the, the Rotoviz like guy, right? Like he's uh, he's been the guy since he's like been drafted, right? I yeah. mean, the other th- the other thought experiment is: um, are you taking Cooper Cup in the first? See, Ooh. I mean, I think he's gonna. I think he is gonna be like the second wide receiver drafted yeah. next year, or possibly even the first, because you look at the Rams; they're obviously just gonna yeah. kick the can down. Um, they're going to run back the same team next year. Stafford, Cup, probably Woods again. Um, Akers will be back, so that might be a boost to the offense. Yeah. I mean, you know, Sony and um, Henderson have been good, but, I mean, Akers is just like an absolute world beater compared to them, and hopefully he comes back healthy. So the offense might even be better from that perspective. That's a good and, question. Cup has got to be about the same age as Diggs, actually. But, I think um, they're both 28. Yeah. 28 or 29. And I mean, Cup Cup definitely been the man. Good. Yeah. I mean, what do you do if they manage to find a way to keep OBJ and uh, Woods is back? Right. That's that's the question there. Yeah. I mean, I think, he's going to be expensive. He's going. He's probably going to be the first or second receiver taken in almost every draft. I would imagine with like his finish to the year, because like his end of the season numbers are just going to look insane. Kind of like Devontae Adams were last year, you yeah. know, like 25 yeah. PPR a game, most since, you know, Jerry Rice in like 1980, whatever. Like, you know, people are just going to be pumping him up all summer. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. I can definitely see Cup moving into maybe the early second. I don't know if he makes it to the first, but he could. I think he definitely could. Um, yeah. It depends on how Tyreek finishes up, too. Cause I mean, right. we've seen this time and time again where like, these end of the season hammers rise up so much. And the people that don't perform at the end of the season kind of lower a little bit, especially right. with the guys that miss games. Cause everybody is always looking at the total end of the year stats. Like, Oh, like AJ Brown was a guy like that. He, they were like, Oh, he was only wide receiver 12 or whatever. But in PPR per game, he was like wide receiver six. Right, 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 right. 
The guy I'm excited to draft at almost any cost, like my wide receiver one probably, is going to be Jefferson. Um, yeah. So where where do you compare, where do you have him compared to like Cup and Adams and Tyreek and Diggs? That's tough. Def- I mean, the way that it's gone this year, definitely a cut above um, Diggs. And we don't know what's going on with Rogers, so that's kind of tough oh, yeah. to answer about Adams. But I mean, Jefferson has just been like an absolute monster, like, and he's had near misses. Like, I'm um, friend of the show Ben Gratch always um, brings us up in stealing signals all the near misses that they've had mm-hmm. um, with Cousins and Jefferson this year. Like, all stopped at the one yard line and him yeah. just like missing yeah. him. Um, I mean, Jefferson has just been incredible, man. Like, yeah. I mean the other the other I mean the, the same quarterback uncertainty question can come here for the Vikings too, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Do they move on from Kirk? Because that's a very real possibility. I don't know why they would. I don't know why they would. Um, you know, uh, but they might, and and that becomes a good question. But then again, it all kind of it beauties in the eye of the beholder a little bit, right? Like, um, like is Kirk good? Because he's thrown to these wide receivers, yes. you know, like, like, right, like, I mean, uh, sorry, the, the, <laughs> yes. it, yeah, yeah, probably, but like the, the the flip side is like, oh, you know, baby Kirk is good, and like his receivers elevated. No, I agree with you. I think it's the other way around, right? Because he was like, yeah, like he's. Um, I mean, you saw what Diggs did when he left Minnesota, right? Yeah, exactly, <laughs> right. <laughs> and, and and we saw we saw what Diggs did for Josh Allen, right? Like, yeah, right, yeah. Um, yeah. Just like uh, uber talented, like I mean, you see Jefferson, like it's just like the way he's winning, and it's kind of like Cup too. Like he's just always open in the middle of the field. Like he's mm-hmm. just like wide, like open. how, like, like how, man, wide like, open every time. Yeah, yeah, like it's him and Chase uh, are the best receivers in football. I'm sorry, DeMar? like yeah, <laughs> I think, I think, I think, I think we, they are. Like we always I mean, like to debate, like who's the wide receiver one because we love wide receivers. Who's the dynasty wide receiver one? And for the last yep. few weeks, I think it's been Chase. And, I mean, not Chase. It's been Jefferson because yeah, of how, how good he's been and how Chase has kind of fallen fallen off a little bit. And, I mean, assuming the, oh, well, it's just a big tier, assuming that comp-out answer is not allowed, would you still have Jefferson wide receiver one or does what Chase did today um, elevate him? I mean, they're just like trading blows back and forth, like week to week. Like, can we just call them like co-wide receiver ones? Like uh, Jim Halper and uh, Michael Scott co-managers. <laughs> yeah, it's just, I mean, I, I would, man. And like the craziest part is like they're teammates, right? Like like they were teammates. Um, and it's just like kind of ridiculous because like him, I mean, like, I mean, like, uh, like it's, it's crazy because like, you know, everyone talks about AJ Brown and DK Metcalf, right? And like, I mean, no, like like Jefferson and and Chase were legitimately. I mean, they're, they're national champions and like part of the best offense that we've ever seen in college. Like, and these guys came into the NFL and they were just like, no days off. Like, it was just the same shit, different, 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 different yeah. arena. And they tricked us into thinking Clyde Edwards-Helaire was good. It was, yeah, that was a big one, right? Like, it's like, it's like, it's like, uh, yeah, you get like. Um, I don't know, just like these beasts and like they're covering up for this one rando like charity student they found like sleeping under the bleachers and they're like, all right, kid, you're the running back now. 
Yep. Uh, that yeah. running back was Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Yep. That offense just like totally propped him up. Cause I mean, you think about it and I heard somebody else make this point on uh, a podcast at some point, like literally Jefferson's always open. Chase is always open. Like the run, yeah. the flat is always going to be open. So like, no wonder he had 55 catches, you know? Yeah. And it just, just, makes, it just makes, sense and it just makes no sense that it took them being down like forever into the fourth quarter to start feeding Jamar Chase today in the Bengals. And Zach Taylor is like a very special donkey, man. Like a very, very special eight donkey. targets in a game that they were down like basically the whole way for Jamar Chase. Like that's that's a crime. You should be in football jail. Yeah. I was thinking about this actually because because of the Chase and Jefferson connection and how um, Chase was better when they were at LSU together. Like he had more yards, more touchdowns, mm-hmm. and now Chase has his college quarterback who made him. Well, not made him, but who, you know, together they were so great. Why right. isn't he still targeting him like that? Um, when you look at it, actually, Jefferson had more catches, probably, I mean, definitely more targets than Chase did yeah. when they were in college together. Um, the only so the one year, there's something to that, that, that Jefferson was was the one who was getting open more often. Right. It seems. Uh, is it the because the one not is so, so high? Chase, like, that, because he's just, like, such a, like, touchdown scorer that they feel like it's valuable when he is going to run routes and get targets that it's going to be, like, yeah. a deep shot because of I'm how sure that's good part he of is. It. Yeah. I'm sure that's part of it, that the, the depth of target is a lot different. Like, those but, touchdowns, uh, they were absurd. Even the one he missed, like, that was an insane, like, near grab. Then that, like, toe tap on the in the back of the end zone. It's and insane. Then it was just absolutely, like, he's a touchdown machine. Yeah, like he's I, gonna have a year one year where he gets like twenty touchdowns. I I bet probably man. I mean like I mean like we haven't seen guys with like this kind of you know I mean this isn't this is like uh, uh, Julio and AJ Green right like back when those guys were in their prime and they were like touchdown right. like because mm-hmm. like it always felt like I mean it's hard to remember now but like when Julio and AJ were playing like at the, at the peak of their powers it felt like every catch that was going deep at twenty plus yards one of those two guys is in the end zone, man. Like, like, right. like no chance. And you could see them blowing by defenders. Yeah. And like, and I, I remember how fast Julio used to be. And like when watching him run, he used, he looks so slow, but like all these guys <laughs> who clocked in at like four, four flats, are like, like, yeah. like 20, like losing yards to him. Yeah. yeah. And I think the best comp for Jefferson is like, I think his ceiling is like, 2010s Antonio yeah. Brown, like a guy just gets going to oh, open no. at will and just oh, like yeah. racks up touchdowns and yards. Like he just needs a quarterback that's like a little bit better than Cousins. I feel like to just yeah. like absolutely smash. Yeah, it's just I don't know, man. Like, like it's like I'm, I'm genuinely excited for the future for the future for these guys. Yeah, I mean yeah. The, the wide receivers that have come into this um, league the last few years. And this rookie class has been awesome too. Um, besides Chase, like Elijah Moore's looked great. I know he's shut down now. Jalen Waddle's been awesome. Like Bateman's starting to look good. Like this is an awesome like last few years we've had. Even Rondale Moore has been good if you think of him as a running back. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. I was looking at his stuff the other day. Like he literally is a running back. He's had three targets more than twenty yards this year. But he caught two of them for 111 yards and a touchdown. Yeah. Part of that is because I think uh, I, I think Cliff Kingsbury, I mean Cliff Kingsbury, sorry, is is, is, is fraudulent. I have I have I've floated this idea before. I've floated floor, it again. Uh, yeah, um, I was, and, and I and I will implore everyone to do this. You can get Air Raid certified, and when you go to the Air Raid certification website, mm. 
Cliff Kingsbury is not listed. Fraud! I mean, imagine using DeAndre Hopkins like on just one side of the field and like not getting creative with him at all. Like, uh, he, <laughs> like what are you man, doing, man? He has he has just like the weirdest. Like even last year, like like the, it was a miracle that Nuke got to where he did because uh, he was very intent on running the offense through forty one year old Larry Fitzgerald for a while there. Um, no, I mean, not many people remember this, and he signed AJ Green. Uh, this guy, I mean, this guy loves dusty old people, right? Like kind of like uh, uh, he's uh, he's taking a lot of inspiration from Hal Mummified. Ha ha! <laughs> Take that. Um, but but yeah, I mean, it's weird because Rondale at Purdue, he kind of played that hybrid role, but he also was targeted deep, and like they're just not doing that with him. No, they don't do no, that. With, no. They didn't do that with Andy Isabella, who was theoretically supposed to be the lead, lead, lead lifter. Um, and they're not willing to give Rondale that, that chance. And like, I don't know about you guys, but like, I got to see Rondale play a little bit. And, you know, when he was a freshman in college and, um, man, they were, they were like offensive, like he single-handedly won that game against OSU, uh, and, and and Ohio state had, they graduated quite a few guys into the first round, uh, in the defense and and they were defenders who made business decisions to not try and take down Rondale more. There was a linebacker mm-hmm. who did try to take down Rondell Moore, and he wound up in the end zone with Rondell Moore because, uh, like, Rondell just carried him in there. It was just like, all right, here you go. All right, uh, like, I'm just going to take you home with me. Like, like he dragged, the, like, the linebacker, like, five yards yeah. in, into the end zone. Like, I don't understand why there has, what the hesitance is in unleashing Moore, and hopefully they make some space for him next year, right? Because like, I think Kirk has done well this year. Uh, it's been unfortunate to come at the expense of Nuke, but like, how is this offense um, not more prolific? I guess is my question. Right. I think you yeah. want to see him in a role like Jalen Waddle is right now, like just slot god, just you know, oh. not a super high A dot, but you know, like yeah. six seven A dot, just a target hog. Nice. Yuck! Yuck! Monster. Just, yep. just let him, ra- just yeah, let him rack it up for you, right? Yeah, like, I mean, but this like one point two ADA. I mean, come on, that's really, not even like, real, man. And, and, like, and, and that's and, really and, his ADA. I'm pretty sure one point two. Like, it's like, what are we doing here? And, there and, are and running and, backs with higher ADOTs. Like McCaffrey's like two. McCaffrey has a, yeah, McCaffrey's a higher ADOT. That was what um, Debo was doing last year, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, but the, the also, I mean, like Jimmy G was a. I mean, he still is. But he also was an abject disaster last year, right? Like he still is a disaster this year, but he was a bigger disaster last year. And like they just needed to get layups, right? Just wait till um, he's uh, the Steelers quarterback, Jimmy G. <laughs> oh, buddy, buddy, just uh, that might be good for Chase Claypool. You never know. I, I mean, like for all their for all their faults, at least the Steelers are using Chase in that kind of way, right? Um, I will say I do live in Pittsburgh and I had a chance to walk by Chase Claypool. It's been a few weeks now. He is a very big dude. He is very, very big. He is very, very big. Yes. Agreed. Like, like just like a, like a massive, like just a, um, and I think he's listed at what, like six, five. It's I don't know. I was thinking, six, like, yeah. Six, four. Yeah. Yeah, six four, and I, I I don't know what it, what it is, but like he just for some some odd reason looks, he looks like he should be bigger than that, right? Like like I feel like they are linebackers who look smaller than him in person. I think it's like more like how he carries himself. Um, to that end, I also live in Pittsburgh, and I've been uh, you know I, I avoid sports radio uh, like the like the plague, but a lot of, you know a lot of my friends here who are Steelers fans, 
they brought the sports radio to me. Um, but you're griping about Chase Claypool and his antics costing them the game. And it's like, I don't know, guys. Like maybe maybe Chase Claypool should have done more in defense. Maybe he maybe he shouldn't have been letting them give up 200. You know, maybe the maybe Chase Chase Claypool's fault. Dalvin Cook ran for like 125 yards in the first half. Yep. You know, with a, with a separated shoulder. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the, I mean, the, the Steelers weren't even in that game. Like it was not. It was not a real comeback. But that's I just. I don't even want to bring. Big it back Ben was up. almost the QB one on the week. We almost we almost had a Big Ben QB one <laughs> week before Tom Brady and Josh Allen stopped it. <laughs> Josh Allen, man. Josh Allen was not on my radar at all. I was hoping to get sneaky there, and I it didn't work out for me. Yeah, that his his hundred yard rushing was impressive though. Like he really is a leading yeah. running back. It's because he's so hard to stack. You know what I mean? Like you don't yeah. you don't feel great about Diggs because he's so expensive and he's not having the ceiling games that we're used to. And then like Dawson Knox, like you want to click him, but you're like two touchdowns on three targets. Am I really going to go to that again? You know what I mean? Yeah, I had some friends so who hard actually- to stack him. Yeah. I had some friends who were were kind of stuck. Like they knew that they because we, we all played like a, a friends and family league together, and they knew that I had Kittle, um, and they like swapped on to Dawson Knox to basically get off. Like they basically swapped off of. Uh, they knew that I was on like the Niners, the, the Niners, uh, uh, Bengals game, so they swapped off onto the the, the Bucks, uh, uh, and yeah. it was actually kind of impressive because. They wound up. One of them wound up on Knox, and I was like really impressed. I'm like, "How did you get to that?" And he's like, "Panic late swapping, dude." Like, like, <laughs> like, like, like. He's like, he's like, I just, I just knew that the only way I could like cash was to not not have Kittle in there anymore, and it was interesting. Right. I think Paid that's off. why Javante was so high owned today was because so many people late swapped because they had Gibson and Jacobs, mm. so they late well, swapped. I, mean, like, like, I checked Javante's ownership, like. And he was like thirty three percent. I was like, "How is he yeah. this owned? Like he's splitting 5.9. carries. Like he's the same price as um, Gibson and Jacobs." Basically, I was shocked that he was that owned. Yeah, yeah, been. because because the real because because the real pivot there was Melgo. Like if you, if you're dead, you needed that that, that kind of Melgo game because you'd get him right. at like cheaper price, which would allow yeah. you to go up in in like in like receivers elsewhere. But then also you'd have gotten that out that that game that you needed, like a three percent rostered guy. Right, yes. like, 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 like what, like what, and 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 I know people don't like clicking Melgo. I, I just know it, right? Like, and, and I'm sorry, but like, I, it's it's very difficult to argue that Melgo is not still good because it sucks watching him play. It sucks watching him like rack up all these points. But guess what? You know who else people like like who plays probably worse and people fucking love clicking his name is Ezekiel Elliott. Right. Like, what the is? <laughs> what's the difference? Yeah. Well, I know. I mean, I mean, the difference is Melvin Gordon scores touchdowns and Ezekiel Elliott doesn't, right? Like that's <laughs> right. the difference. But that's kind of where we're at in DFS these days. I feel like is like you know three or four years ago, Javante would have been a great pivot because nobody yeah. would have been on him. But there's so many good projections and you know sites and content out there. Everybody had that same thought to pivot to Javante, but really the play was to go next level yeah. to that one step further. And like, you know, like another chess move on top of that was actually go to Melvin, you know? Yeah, I, but like but like that's the thing is that like I don't think people like are living uh, – they, they, like they're expecting like, you know, one guy to be like still the workhorse when most teams right. – I mean the Broncos have shown us all season they're like a two-back two, two committee. And like the biggest takeaway from Sunday wasn't, oh, Javante is smashing. It's more like, no, the Broncos don't want – 
Teddy Bridgewater to throw the ball? Like, why <laughs> would they go away from doing what's working? Right. Like, 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 they, like there was plenty of like a pivot, like room here. And like, like that's what Peter Overs had said earlier today was like, that would be your, like, that's your real pivot. Like that's the, like, that's the real pivot. Because nobody is going to play him. Anybody no, that's going to play gross. a Broncos running back is going to play Javante and not yeah. Yeah, I mean it's the same thing, like out of sight, out of mind, right? Like, like we yeah. like we forgot Alvin Kamara existed for a little bit, but I mean, I mean, people right. people didn't forget Javante. They just weren't willing to. I mean, pay way way down, and that was the, that's the issue, right? Is that? Yeah. I mean, I mean, Melgo came out and started ripping off seven yards per carry, man. Like that's like. Yeah, and he kind of got vultured on that first Javante touchdown. Oh like yeah, he, he did. He got vultured. Like he should have had that that first touchdown, but he yeah. carried it like five or six times in a row, and they took him out. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's 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 interesting because there's a lot of good theory and and, and stuff to discuss here. Like it's, as far as these guys go, um, the, the the other guys who were popping in in at least our sense of schedule tools was uh, you know the cognizant that Detroit is terrible versus DE, and yet I couldn't bring myself to click on either Fant or Albert O or Okabunam, right? Because both of them are off today, and, right. and 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 Okabunam got that DD, and that was like another pivot that you could have possibly potentially made. I don't know, man. It's just. Yeah. The 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 levels of game theory in in DFS um, on 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 short slates is interesting. I think on short slates definitely those are the best slates. The Thanksgiving slates, the playoff That's, slates, yeah, those are the best afternoon slates. only slates, stuff like that. If you're yep. if, if you're doing that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. it's definitely interesting. Um, uh, I mean, it's it's just kind of why I enjoyed at least the I I play showdown for those kind of pivots and stuff. I don't know about you guys. I don't. I'm not particularly. I'm not good at it at all. But uh, it's it's what I enjoy. All right. Well, uh, that was a good discussion on that note. I think we'll call it a night. Thank you to Michael Hitchcock for joining us. No problem. Um, Thanks for having me on. I'll let you, I'll let you tell the people where they can find you and what you got going on this year. So everything that I have is at Rotoviz and my Twitter is FF underscore Hitch. All right. Definitely give him a follow. Check out his DFS work on Rotoviz. As you heard today, he's, uh, He's uh, very sharp and uh, hitting on a lot of these pivots that'll win you some big money. So, yeah, you definitely want to pay attention. Um, Well, for uh, Michael, for Hassan, I'm Blair Andrews. Thank you for tuning in.